All right, let's go ahead and rock and roll. Hello, hello, and welcome to the... You want to say boom? Okay, say boom. Okay, boom. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. Say anything? No? Okay. <laughs> Today... <laughs> you say anything, but you heard me record before, I was going to hit record. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to get it on the roll. You know, Chris is an important guy. He's got a lot of important things <laughs> to do. That's all right. I've got all the time in the world. It's all good, guys. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Vanishing Point. That is a really cool name. Uh, I just wanted to say, I normally don't stop in the interview to be like, you have a really cool name, but that is a really cool name. Um, you. You're quite welcome. And they've got a new album called Dead Elysium, which is going to be released on August 28th via AFM Records for the rest of the world. That's how it was coined to me. That's the rest of the world. And Octane mm-hmm. Records in Australia. That's and right great. now, I'm being. Yeah, right now I'm being joined by Chris. We're going to chat about a couple of the singles that they have produced with stunning, stunning music videos um, and some of the things that they've got going on, especially during this time. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you very much for having me, John. It's great to talk to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Freaking Lily. Now, speaking of these stunning music videos, I guess we'll just go one at a time and... Um, I don't exactly have written down like which was the first single and which was the second single, but um, Dead Elysium will go with the the title track of the album. I guess take us through this track since it is the title track of the album. Is it then some kind of a concept album? And is this the track that gives us the starting point for the story? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think that no, it's not definitely it's not a concept album, but it can come across that way. Um, but it's definitely a song that gives an introduction to the album, more or less. Um, that being the title track, uh, we when we come up with the song quite a while ago, it's like you know we're, we're just basically when we write, we go with the flow anyway. There's no like preconceived ideas like oh we've got to have you know x amount of fast songs and heavy songs and all that. I'm not the type of guy who's going to say at the end of end of an interview for every new album that we come up with, oh, yeah, we wanted to make the heaviest album because it's just like so cliche. Um, so more or less it's <laughs> like um, it, we just went with the flow with it and it wasn't until I had the music and I had Sylvia over here one day and we were recording vocal takes, demo pre-production takes with the vocals. And he sang something. He went, is that it is here? And I'm going, what was that? He goes, well, I don't know. He goes, I was just singing syllables. And I went, right. Dead Elysium, you know what I mean? And it was just as simple as that, and that name stuck. And I think there was a pretty much directed the the direction of the album in terms of the lyrical direction and what we were going through in terms of subject matter. Um, Dead Elysium, the title track, is basically on the concept that both heaven and hell is earthly, yet at the same time, um, with this planet that we're on from an environmental, political perspective, the whole lot, it seems like, you know, things are going backwards instead of forwards. Um, we seem to be looking for new frontiers like, you know, for example, Mars and all that type of stuff, yet we're polluting this planet, yet we're looking for other places, which is crazy. And I think also from a compassion standpoint as well, um, I find that these days with technology per se, you know what I mean, we've got all these gadgets to communicate, like we're communicating now, you know, from the other side of the world, but we've got all these gadgets to communicate, like, you know, your iPhones and all that type of stuff, yet there seems to be like a big disconnect, you know what I mean? People aren't really interacting anymore, so to speak. So 
that's all those topics all rolled into one, into Dedalysium, more or less. You know, it's all pretty much how it is. All rolled into one burrito. Into one big burrito, yeah, man. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't have any cilantro in it, I'm happy because I hate cilantro. <laughs> oh, no. Does it taste like soap for you? Is that, is that what I've heard that – is that does it taste like soap? Totally. It just tastes – it just tastes terrible, man. It's like I've, we've got this running joke actually um, through my Facebook and, you know, the American friends who will probably listen to this as well will get a good giggle because years ago, I think it was back in 2016, I wrote in exclamation marks, you know, I hate cilantro or coriander. And this big wave of like, you know, comedy started from it. So, I'm thinking the future of getting vanishing point shirts with a, a leaf of cilantro printed on the front with a big cross through it and having a back. <laughs> cilantro is not prog. And um, a whole lot of my friends have just gone, dude, take my money. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, cilantro and I do not get along whatsoever. We hate each other. Wow. wow. <laughs> and that, one of my other questions was going to be, well, what is it in Australia? Is it coriander or is it cilantro? And it sounds like coriander. it may coriander. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shit thing, mate. It really is. It, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's like it's it's a devil herb that was grown from a you know some crappy scientific experiment gone wrong. And it's gone haywire, and yet some assholes just gone. Hey, this tastes all right. Let's market it to the people, and the people have just gone. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I like this. No, it's rubbish. Don't eat it. <laughs> Stick with parsley. How do you feel about parsley? Uh, it's okay in small doses, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so no no parsley salad for you, Chris. No, no, no. Pepper or chili is all right, man. You know, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, I mean, and the other thing, too, is I was like, oh, this sounds like a big burrito. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. Do they have burritos in Australia? I mean, I've never been. I don't know. I don't want to sound like such an ignoramus. But, I That's mean, right. yeah, it. I guess we guys are really close to Asia. So, I don't know. Is chow mein a, a more significant thing to say? Or Briani? You guys are pretty close to... We India. have all of those here, um, actually, in Australia, because we're, we're a multicultural society, you know what I mean? So we have all these awesome elements of different cultures bringing, you know, contributing to the food culture here. And um, it's great because, I mean, for example, where I live here, I can go to, like, an Afghani restaurant. I can go to a Italian restaurant. I can go to a Japanese restaurant. I can go to, yeah, go get burritos or, you know, Indian, etc. It's It's fantastic. There's quite... It's quite a diverse food culture here, which I like. Um, and, you know, I like Asian food and stuff like that, bar the cilantro, you know. But in, in general, it's um, it's a pretty cool, you know, thing here. So when you said burrito, I'm just like, yeah, because my, my kids love burritos. Cool. So, yeah, my wife from time to time makes quesadillas or whatever they are, and they're pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like mm. a burrito? But yeah. yeah, back to back to the music. We're getting sidetracked here with that's with all right because we're talking vanishing point culinary cooking styles with Chris Pachanko here. <laughs> I'm just Ex- kidding. Exactly. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, I was like, okay, dead Elysium. So you know, we're trying to say like heaven is dead. Like, what what are we trying to to say? And it, it kind of sounds like it was more of like a serendipitous uh, a thing that just kind of came out of you know, a free flowing session, which is totally cool. And yep. then, you know, as you mentioned this concept that heaven and hell is both earthly and that yep. we're interestingly enough, environmentally, politically going backwards. But at the same time, I think we've got three missions going to Mars right now. The, the Arab Emirates, China, and the United States just launched 
a rocket to Mars because it's so important that we colonize Mars and feel depressed on another planet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I think, John, it's, it's more or less for me. Um, I don't know, man. We, we're always racing for that new frontier. We're always racing for that, for that progress. But, and we're racing to clean up somebody else's backyard or take away from somebody's backyard, yet our backyard looks like shit. And I, I just don't get it. I really don't. I, I scratch my head sometimes when I look at the news or read the news and I'm just like, oh, what's going on? So I tend to shut off from it. But also, I, I just liked um, that term dead Elysium because I remember I saw um, a movie. I can't remember which movie it was, but it was many years ago. But there was a classic quote in that movie as well where the guy said, I believe that both heaven and hell is earthly. In other words, it's what you make it out of it here. Um, you know, you can pollute or damage as much as you want, but that will be the outcome. Or you can do other things alternatively and think in a more sustainable manner. I'm trying not to sound like a hippie or anything like that because I'm not, but, you know, in terms of living in a sustainable manner, you know what I mean, looking after your fellow neighbours, looking after your fellow people and uh, passing on a good word, I think that that is what society should, you know, go back to in a sense, you know, because everything seems to be very focused on sloganism, slogans and, you know, and uh, appealing to that seven-second attention span, you know, which I just think is crazy, you know what I mean? Everything's about social media, oh, this person did this or, you know, oh, my God, you know, the Kanye West is going to go for president or whatever. It's like, oh, who gives a shit about that, you know? It's crazy. Sorry, you were, you were saying something and then my attention span went out. What did you say, Chris? No, that's all right, man. <laughs> we'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, there's this gorgeous lyric video available for Dead Elysium. So if anyone listening and wants to check out that lyric video, you can do so by going to today's show notes at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca. As well, there is also another lyric video for Salvis, which we will chat about here shortly. Because, I mean, sure. goodness gracious, when I saw this music video or lyric video, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It's a video. It's got music. I was like, yep. man, you guys got astronauts. That's you know cool. what? That's really interesting you brought that up. And I was actually doing an interview the other day about it too. And they and the people said to me, like, you know, what actually made you guys come up with the whole science fiction theme? And truth be known, we didn't know about it. And so Dead Elysium lyric video and Salvus lyric video were done by a gentleman called Wayne Joyner. Now, Wayne's done a lot of work with um, Devin Townsend, uh, Dream Theater, uh, a lot of bands. So there's a lot of lyric videos and live presentations. And he's a guy that we met back in 2016 in Atlanta at Prog Power. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's it's amazing when you write something or you create music and then people have different interpretations with it, you know, how they see it. So we sent these two songs to Wayne and said, okay, we need the, these two songs as lyric videos. And um, Dead Elysium pretty much flowed um, really well. We went with his ideas and we put a couple of ideas through. And it was easy. Working with him is easy because he's a pro. But uh, with Salvis, um, when we got the lyric video um, back the first draft, we were just like, wow, okay, never imagined it to be a science fiction theme. Um, but we went with it because that was his vision more or less on how the song what the song, you know, gave him in terms of ideas. And and that's the lyric video there, man. You know, we never wrote that song with science fiction in mind, you know. But, man, I'll take it. It looks great. 
Yeah, I, kind of an interesting thing, an interesting question then. Does the song seem different to you when you see it now with this uh, sci-fi lyric video? In a sense, yes. Um, in a sense, it's it's more or less, and this has always been the the, um, the aim of Vanishing Point. Like, we're not, we're not trying to change the world or we're not trying to, like, you know, do anything differently or we're not trying to, like, you know, impart any type of, you know, vision upon humanity or stuff like that. We tend to think, you know, and we tend to feel that with our music and our lyrics um, that it's always open to interpretation and basically leaves the door open to, to make people think for themselves more or less and how they feel about the song. And so that was, like, for us pretty much a prime example of what Salvus was because, like, we never thought about science fiction theme. And then when Wayne sent the um, lyric video back to us, it was just like, ah, cool, okay, so this does work, you know what I mean? It's, um, we, we didn't want to put any direct messages in there, you know what I mean? We just want people to make up their own minds and the proof was with Wayne's work there, especially on the Salvus video, that it, that it works, you know what I mean? And... We're going with the flow with it, man. We're pretty easy going with it. And we're just, I think visually it's a fantastic lyric video. And um, it's, a, it's a really cool song for that vibe. So, look, I'm happy with it, man. Yeah, I, I would be too. As soon as I saw it, I was like stunned. Now, <laughs> Salvus, is this follow along the same lyrical directions that we were chatting about with Dead Elysium? I think to a degree, but also not. Um, so... With Salvus, more or less, it's about, you know, being a parent, more or less, but also being just a person out there and showing compassion, but also protecting what you have to a degree, but also being, I suppose, just a, a good like global, global citizen in the sense that, you know, if somebody's down, whatever, help them out. Um, we don't have to change the world, so to speak, but, you know, I will keep you safe. You know what I mean? I will look after you. I will nurture you. I'll provide that safe haven. That's more or less what the song is about. Um, it's about questioning things, of course, to a degree, but it's more or less from a guardian slash parental perspective, I suppose, or from a friendship perspective, um, providing that that strong arm, that shoulder, or the helping hand type of thing. You know, and that's it. It just flowed like that. You know what I mean? It's not anything it's about anything revolutionary or anything. It's about just being good people. You know, and that's what I like about every Australian I've chatted with. I've never been myself to to the place, but every Australian I've chatted with, you guys are just like sexy, socially responsible people. Or maybe it's just because I chat with musicians, and musicians are technically usually uh, sexy, socially responsible people. Oh well, I think I'm socially responsible. Responsible. I don't think about sexy whatsoever because I'm a fat, bald guy. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, in terms of, um, yeah, look, we're relatively easygoing people. You know what I mean? We, we, see, for, we see things for what they are, um, and we say it for what it is as well. Like, you know, we're not going to really bullshit anybody. It's like, like I said to you before, John, it's like I find that a lot of people when, you know, or some of the bands when they release albums are going, yeah, man, we're in the studio and we're just aiming to make the heaviest, fastest albums. like... I'll throw away that bullshit. Just be yourself. Talk about your music instead of <laughs> these stupid cliche bullshit things, you know. So we're just we're laid back people. We're relatively relaxed in terms of how we look at things, but at the same time too, we are hardworking people and we tell it for how it is. Um, I suppose that's this Australian type of culture, but the Australian culture is as well. We've had you know so many years of multiculturalism here, which is a great thing. 
Uh, my parents came here from behind the Iron Curtain from Poland, you know what I mean? So I'm first-generation Australian, but I have Eastern European roots in me. So, you know, I've probably got a little bit of that that's like dry, you know, dark, sarcastic humour in, in a sense to a degree. But at the same time, too, I'm not as direct as how my parents are. So, you know, I know how to smooth the conversation more or less. But, you know, well, I think we're a pretty good lot here in Australia, to be honest with you. We're pretty good people. Well, that's good to hear. My, yeah. uh, my, my dad's side is Ukrainian. My mom's side is Romanian. So I definitely understand a, a direct, blunt sense of cynical, sardonic speech with which we carry on. <laughs> well, funny enough, you say that because my surname, Portianko, is actually originally from Ukrainian background. So my, my family is Polish, whatever, but somewhere along the lines, the Porchenko surname came from uh, what they called like the, the white Russian frontier or something like that in Poland because my family originally, I mean, this is going back to a little bit of history, but my family originally was actually from the eastern part of Poland. Um, and my father's father, his family, actually, they had a lot of, wine groves and vineyards and stuff like that so they're quite well to do and then of course when world war ii happened um and you know the borders were really so you know rejigged more or less um then my family ended up going to southwest poland and history but yeah so where my both my grandfathers were born was a place called vilnius which is funny enough the capital of lithuania now so yeah it's weird how things happen but my yeah my surname is ukrainian roots Okay. Well, yeah. fantastic. Good to see we're, you know, spreading ourselves around the globe and, you know, spreading our influence and <laughs> all that stuff. Um, cool. Now, one of the things I wanted to chat about was, you know, these two singles are coming off of the the album itself titled Dead Elysium. And one of the things I wanted to touch on as well, hopefully if it doesn't bring up as many tears as cilantro, but... <laughs> One of the notes that I have is that it, it's six years since Distant is the Sun, and sure. what is it like after six years to come out with a record, and I don't know, did that cause any kind of stress? Did that say, like, when you guys came out with the first track, I hope this is the one? No. No, not really, honestly. Um, the stress, more or less, for us was in the creation of the album and it wasn't from a recording perspective or anything like that it was just more from a, a patient's perspective because look you know silvio our vocalist you know he was in hospital twice and um at that time as well he had uh, lost his voice and he basically had to go back to vocal therapy vocal training to learn how to sing again because um, he completely lost his voice he had some health problems then um and then on top of that as well uh, Dean Wells, our producer, he was ill at one stage and took about, it took about you know four, five, six months off. But the main thing as well was Silvio's parents. Both his parents passed away during the actual recording process over the years of the album, so that stalled things up as well for us. So it was um, it was a trying time. I mean, like you know, it was it wasn't like well, you know, Silvio's not pulling his weight off, he goes. No, it was like you know, as frustrating as it was. We just had to wait it out, and it did. That did wear on us um, a lot, emotionally speaking, because it's like, well, we don't want to be known as this band that's bringing out albums every four, five, six years. You know, what I mean, we we would rather bring out an album every two and a half years maximum, um, because we've got the material to back it up. But uh, we just had to be patient, more or less. You know, what I mean, so it was hard, and then 
you know, finally getting the album out there and having the, the lyric videos hit the, the internet and stuff like that and getting the feedback from people, it was nice and it is nice to, to get that positive feedback because we did go through quite a bit to get there. But we didn't have any so preconceived ideas that, you know, this has to be, you know, the, the game changer, this has to be the, the, the make or break album or anything like that. It's... No, probably nothing like that, man. It's more or less like, you know, we're happy with whatever positive feedback we get and hopefully it leads to, you know, more opportunities in the future. You know, I'm a realist in a sense. Um, but at the same time too, I think that, you know, with all of us in the band, you know, if we were to listen to the album in the future and just go, okay, yeah, we're happy with that, that's the main thing as well because... As a musician, you know, every every album or every song you do, that's like a bit of a storybook. It's a little bit of a chapter in your life. It takes you back. You know, it's like rejigs your memory more or less. So, look, we're happy with the way things are going. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not expecting to be playing Monsters of Rock or anything like this. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not expecting to be headlining arenas. And, geez, it'd be lovely. But, look, you know, we're realistic in the sense that we're just happy that we, we have had a, a, a chance finally after all this time to release this album because... We've been sitting on this for quite a while, so it's nice to get it out there. Well, Chris, maybe you would be headlining arenas if it was the heaviest album you guys have ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the heaviest and fastest album. Yeah, it's going to be true and uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to sing into light bulbs and aircraft carriers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And with wind in our hair or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme lack thereof. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, um, obviously, we, we were chatting about 2020 being uh, an interesting year. I think interesting is a great way to put it. Yeah. And um, did you guys do some different things as a result of the way the year has gone or because this record um, was going to be released or maybe it wasn't going to be released in August? Maybe the date got pushed. I mean, this is kind of the, the basis of the question is has this year changed what you guys were going to be doing? And if so, what kind of things have you been up to that you um, were kind of like a course redirection? Sure. Okay. So um, our, our plans basically were for September, October to hit the road, especially in Australia, domestically speaking, and do an East Coast or West Coast tour, um, you know, which in Australia, honestly, is like about seven, eight shows. But, you know, that was the plan. Um, but that has changed now. I mean, we tentatively got a show booked for December here in Melbourne, a headlining show for the Dead Elysium album launch. Uh, I have my reservations whether that will happen as well with the current lockdown situations um, and a lot of venues closing. But we're still holding out hope for a tour in March next year, which is penciled in. Uh, that's for Australia-wide. But honestly, John, I, I don't know what's going on. It's It's, it's hard to... Like, we're hopeful, you know what I mean, that, that we'll be able to hit the road with this in the near future. But we're not sure as yet. I mean, we just got to wait until, you know, everything is clear, so to speak. Um, and the same goes with overseas touring as well. Like, we had, you know, tentative plans for Japan, everything like that, and now that's all on hold. Uh, so with that being said, um, you know, I mean, look, this is a busy time for us anyway promoting the album. So, I mean, there's always that 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 positive slight redirection more or less. And so it's given us an opportunity to speak about the album. But in the meantime, we've also also been working on um, some new material. And honestly, man, we've got probably around about two and a half, three albums worth of new material that's pre-produced or ready to go. Um, and that also 
pretty much that happened from the time we were recording Dead Elysium as well. You know, so it's not like, you know, we've been sitting there waiting and not doing anything behind the scenes. We've been quite proactive in um, creating a lot of new material and we've got actually quite a good little new batch back catalogs, so to speak, whatever of new stuff to release in the future. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 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 Well, Chris, that concludes all of my questions, but if there's anything that you wanted to chat about that I did not bring up, please let me know. Otherwise, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Matt, I want to thank you guys as well. Um, thank you very much for giving you know me the opportunity to speak, and it's lovely to speak with people all over the world, and um, this has been really fun. And, look, and thank you very much for the kind words, and Thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak up, speak up about the album, more or less. And you know, if people out there, you know, like just good melodic metal, hard rock, check out the Vanishing Point Deadlissium album. Comes out 28th of August, you know, worldwide. And uh, hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to meet up and have a beer or something like that. You know, so it'd be good. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, you want to hit stop, please, sweetie. <laughs>